At the beginning of the parsha, the Torah says, Ashmini, on the eighth day of the Miluim, the day of Rosh Nisan, an amazing day in Jewish history, Torah Moshe Aaron Yisrael was the day of the Hakamas HaMishkan, finally after all the days of the Miluim, the Mishkan was going to be permanently erected, and Moshe Rabbeinu was handing over the reins of the Avedah to Aaron Akayin. It was a day that the Torah is describing in great detail of the Avedah that was performed on that specific day. Chazal tell us that there were ten crowns that this specific day was to. It was an amazing day of Simcha. It was a day that the Shekhinah came down and Klai Yisrael were nishtap there for the Avayna Egel. And Moshe Rabbeinu at the beginning of the parasha calls to Aaron Ulevanov, which we understand why he would invite Aaron Banov to come, because after all, they had to do the all-important Avayna Samishkan. But then the Torah also adds that Moshe Rabbeinu called the Zikne Yisrael, the elders of Klai Yisrael, the Gedalim, were also invited to come to Meshach Abenu. And the Mepharshim are troubled by what exactly do we need Gedalim for at this point. Meshach Abenu calls Aaron Uvana because they have to perform all of the Akrabas HaKarbanes that were supposed to be done that day and all future days. But what exactly was going to be the place of the Zikanim in this picture, what do they have to do? All the Mepharshim are troubled by this. Rashi brings it, and all the Mepharshim on Rashi. Everybody has a problem. What is he calling the Zikne Yisrael for? What were they, what was their role on this day of the Shemini Lemiluim? If you look in the Medrash Rabbah, on this Pasuk, Rabbi Akiva tells us in Meiridik of Art, on these words of Lezikna Yisrael, Amar Rabbi Akiva, Nimshulu Yisrael la'ayf, Klal Yisrael are compared to a bird. Maha ha'ayf hazeh, enay pireach, belayk nafayim, just like a bird. If you clip the wings of a bird, the bird cannot soar, the bird cannot take flight. The bird is like like a cat. A cat without wings is, is a cat. A bird without wings might as well be a cat. A bird is special because a bird has the ability to fly. And if you don't have wings, you can't fly. Kalal Yisrael throughout Tanakh is always compared to a bird. Yainasi, Samasi, there's many psukim throughout Tanakh that describe, especially in Shirashirim, that describe Kalal Yisrael as a bird. And why in what capacity is Klai Yisrael like a bird? So Rabbi Akiva says that just like a bird cannot fly without wings, Kach Yisrael enam yechaylem la'asais dabar chutz mizekneim. Klai Yisrael as a nation can do nothing without its Gedalim, without its Zekanim. The Zikanim of Klai Yisrael allowed Klai Yisrael to fly. Klai Yisrael without Zikanim are a nation like any other nation. There are 
you know, there's Americans, and there's Europeans, and there's Asians, and there's Africans, and there's Jews. What makes Klai Yisrael special? What makes Klai Yisrael have this ability to spiritually soar? Only the fact that we have Zakanim. That's where Akiva's Vart, and it's brought here in this, on this Pasuk of Lezikna Yisrael. Truth be told, this is not the only place that this memory of Rabbi Akiva appears in Medrash Rabbah. It appears elsewhere as well in other capacities of the Torah describing the Zikna Yisrael. But I want to describe, I want to discuss this morning the reason perhaps for Rabbi Akiva's Vart in the context of Yem Shemini Lamiluim. Why is it that the Zikna Yisrael were necessary to be here and what is this mushal that Rabbi Akiva is trying to bring out that we're like birds, that we need wings, and the Zikanim are our wings as a nation? Many people believe that rabbis, rabbanim, Jewish leaders are important for certain roles, when you need to have a, uh, you know, an etzah, when you need to have a, a good speech for a bar mitzvah, when you need somebody perhaps to give bar mitzvah lessons, when you need somebody to give a eulogy, that's when you call the rabbi. The rabbi is important at certain times, you know, when, when I can't do it myself, you need to sell your chamish before Pesach, you need to, I don't know, to go to a Shabbos HaGadol Joshua. You find a rabbi and he does a job because you can't do that job. <coughs> but people believe that when it comes to things that I can do myself, that I'm quite capable of, I don't need rabbis. I don't need to die them if I could do it myself. I need rabbis when I can't do something myself. And a case in point is, let's say, by a simcha. By a simcha, by the dancing of a simcha. If you're a young guy, and you're a yeshiva bacher, and you have all the moves, isn't it true that when you're watching like the, the rabbanim dancing, you know, with a bacher, with a, with a chasen, with a bar mitzvah, whatever it is, you're like, everybody's like waiting, when are they going to get out already? When are they going to get out of the circle so that we could start showing how it's really done? Simcha, times of simcha, that I could do myself. You don't need a college degree to know how to, how to be misameach, a chasen and kawa. You don't need smicha to know how to, how to dance in the middle of a circle, how to be happy, how to show people your happiness. That's something that everybody's equipped to do. And probably young people are maybe better off being misamech a chassan and a kawa or being misamech in any event than these old rabbis. They're just dancing like old and slow and like rickety and like, you know, get them out of the circle already. It's time for us to come in. And I believe that that may have been the sentiment at this Yom Shemini Lemiluim, the Gemara and Megillah says that that day, 
that special day in history. <laughs> was so happy. Finally, as a place to rest his Shechina in this world, there was never a day that he was as happy since the Bria Sa'ilam. It was a crazy happy day in Jewish history, in world history. And there were many people that wanted to take part in the Simcha. They wanted to be front and center, making sure that this would be a, a real celebration. Moshe Rabbeinu invites up to the dais who he wants to be the main players of this simcha. This was not a free-for-all. This is not a time that every single person, every Tom, Dick, and Harry gets to show their moves and express their personal joy. Moshe Rabbeinu unites Klai Yisrael through the invitation of specific people to be there up front to show Klai Yisrael how exactly a simcha is supposed to be. This is a time of simcha. Simcha needs the zakenim to show us how to be misameach. Without zakenim, there can't be simcha, and I believe that that's what Rabbi Akiva is telling us. Rabbi Akiva, up in art, right away on this medrash, on this pasuk, brings that Klai Yisrael are like an ice. Just like a bird cannot fly without wings, so too Klai Yisrael cannot fly without its zakenim. What are we talking about when we're speaking about flying? In what sense? So I want to, Stolzer, I want to bring a Revolvi. Revolvi says an amazing bar in a different context, but I think it's so apropos to the Yem Shmini Lemiluim. Revolvi in the Alei Shur on the Mishnah in Aves, in Parakeh of Aves, the Mishnah says that you should be kalkanesher, you should be as light as an eagle. Now, if it would have said to be as light as a fly, I would understand the flies are very light, mosquitoes are light. A nesher is not a light bird. I don't know exactly how much it weighs, but it's a heavy, big, bulky bird. And that's where... Revolvi had a problem with this mission with Kal Kanesher, a light, you should be as light as, a, as an eagle. Eagle probably weigh a couple hundred pounds. What does it mean that you should be as light as an eagle? Zot Revolvi says, you know what it means that an eagle is light? Obviously, it doesn't mean that when an eagle is sitting down on the floor, it's light. It's not, it's very heavy. But an eagle has tremendous wings. And the wingspan of an eagle are so aerodynamically perfect that it's able to take this heavy bird and allow it to gracefully soar. All because it has these wings that are fluttering just so. And that permits even a nesher to be able to glide. And Revolvi says that's what the Mishnah is telling us. Human beings are very like an eagle on the ground. We are heavy, we are bulky, we are, even if we're physically light, but we know, you know, you get on a couch, it's hard sometimes getting up, you ask somebody on Ben Azmanim, what would you do though Ben Azmanim? I was holding the couch down, that's what I was doing Ben Azmanim. We're very, we're, we're, we're gas, we're, we're thick, 
We like just sort of just staying in place. We don't like moving. We don't like going on, you know, we buy a treadmill and we keep it there for our pants and our shirt. That's what a treadmill becomes and a, and a bike and an elliptical. You know, it's all, it all becomes just places to keep your ties and your shirts. Because we don't like, we buy a thing and we're going to do something with it, but we don't. Because people are very, very lazy. So how do you get not lazy? You have to learn, says the Mishnah from Anesher. Anesher is also very heavy by nature. It's very lazy. But yet it has the ability to take its wings and fly. And a human being also is like that. And Fetter Balbi, what are our wings? We don't have wings. What are our wings to fly with? And Rebobi says our wings are simple. When a person is happy, when a person is able to be in a good mood, upbeat, free-spirited, you're able to take your heaviness, your gashmiistic body, and soar, and be able to do whatever you want to do, but you have to be happy. If you're not happy, then you're going to be like a, like a bird without wings. It's not going to go so well. The way that we develop our wings is through simcha. He quotes Reb Chaim Vital that says that the way that you are able, Reb Chaim Vital, by the way, has the most amazing bar, just as an aside. But he says, and it's so, it opened my, when I first saw Reb Chaim Vital, it opened like worlds for me in understanding my children and Talmidim, but more, more immediately my children, to be honest. He says that there's different, there's four different yisaydas of a person. We think that we're all exactly alike, we're created from the same type of being and the same, you know, the same exact makeup. Biologically, we're all the same. And we all, Reb Chaim Tal breaks open an entire world for us. He says that every single person has a different type of yisayd. Some people have a yisayd of ish. We're fiery. Which means, you know, there are people that are very zrizistic and they always running and they're doing and they're, they're jumping and they're screaming. They're doing. Because they were, not because they are, you know, they were, they're so inspired, but just because they're naturally born with the sight of Aish. Then there are people that are very big Bali Taiba. Everything, they're constantly like looking at things that they shouldn't be looking at and they're constantly like going after their Taibas and they are the side of Mayim. Mayim is Taiba. And then there are people that are very lazy. They cannot get off the couch. They cannot get out of bed. That's because they are the side of, of Afar. And then there's one other, and there's Ruach. Whatever, every single person, he breaks people down. There's four categories. And basically, and once I saw this, I suddenly began to like understand how, like, I could have five kids, can I know And each of them are different. They're not, you think they're, they're from the same father and mother. They should all be like soldiers, exactly doing the same thing, one after another. You know, what worked for one kid should work for another kid, but it's not true. Every kid is different. And every person is different because we all are from a different yisayim. We just have to work and develop our specific yisayim. Once we know what we're from, we have to develop that in a positive way. If we're if we're very if we have ish, if we're fiery, and we're always like running and you know trying to do everything, we have to try to harness that energy into things that are healthy for us and not things that are not healthy for us. So Rebbeinu Tao says, if you know that you're beside upper. 
Rest of you know, Taka, I am in the category of offer. I'm definitely, that's my Yisrael. I am not fire, I'm not Mayim Baruch Hashem, but I'm offer. He says, there's a chicken for you. Don't think, well, okay, if I, if I was born lazy, if I'm born like offer, so I'm going to die offer. Even though it says, offer and Ibechaye, you know, Kabachem Misasi, you know, you're, you come from offer, you're going to go to offer. No, there's a chicken for you, says the Chaim Mikal. The Chaim Mikal says, the chicken for you is, If you're happy, you could be offer, but you could get off that couch. You can get out of bed, but you have to be happy. If you're miserable, you're going to stay in bed. You're going to be lazy, you're not going to do things. But if you're happy, happiness is the wings that we have in order to make us fly, in order for us to get off the ground and have a takeoff. The takeoff comes with our wings. Our wings are simple. And I think that that's what Rabbi Akiva is saying on the end, Shmini Lemilum, the happiest day in human history, Maisha Abena calls on the Zikne Hadar, because the Zikne Hadar are our wings. They teach us how to be Simchadik. We are not Simchadik by ourselves. We left our own devices. Our definition of Simcha is completely different from what the Torah's definition of Simcha is. Our definition of Simcha might be watching, I don't know, a sitcom. Some people, a lot of people get simcha in the world from sitcoms, from late night comedians, from doing, you know, different types of pranks on people. That's some people's definition of simcha. Bad, bad jokes, you know, that aren't that funny. That's some people's definition. Everyone has their own definition of simcha. We need zikain and we need kedayim. Even there, when you think you're the big expert, I don't need anybody telling me what simcha is. Zap the Taira, Meshavenu, invite the Zikne Hadar. By the Simcha, the Simcha has to be a special type of Simcha. The Simcha to get off the ground. This Shemini Lemilon, for the party to start, you need the Zikanim to tell us how to be the Simcha and to lead the Simcha and to show us through their glow how we could soar in a happiness that the Rabbanisham has nachas from. And I'll bring you a beautiful raya to this Yisrael. The Rambam at the end of Hilchas Lulav describes the Simchas Beis HaShoeva which took place in the Beis HaMikdash over Sukkot. And the Rambam describes a lot of the, the process of this amazing celebration and he says like this in Perak Ches Halacha Yudal, the mitzvah laharbez v'simcha zu. It's a mitzvah to be marbe in this simcha. V'loyhayu oisa oisen oisa me'aretz v'chal mishiyirta. Who is invited to be the main players at the simcha face of Sheva? It wasn't the me'aretz or anyone that said, "Hey, I have a good trick. I got some good juggling acts to do." It was by invitation only. It wasn't anyone that wanted to could come and get in the middle of the circle and start juggling and spinning and doing their thing. It was people that were Zakanim and Rashi Shivas and Anshe Maisa and Chasidim, Sadikim. 
They were the ones that were doing everything. Everybody else was a spectator sport. Everybody else, the Anashim, the Nashim, they came and they were standing in their various locations in the Beis HaMikdash, but the center of everything, the spotlight was on the Gedalim. The spotlight of this, get the Gedalim now, let the Gedalim stand somewhere else, and get the young guys to come in and do their acrobatics. The Rambam says no, the only people that were invited to participate were the Gedalim, were the Zikanim. It's so opposite of what we're normally accustomed to thinking about, of what the definition of simcha, of dancing is. Dancing is you get the young guys in the circle, and they do the horror, and the old guys stand on the outside and watch, and the base of Mikdash was different. In the base of Mikdash, the young guys were on the outside, and the Zikanim were standing in the inside. Why is it that only the Gedalim were able to be in the center of the circle by the Simchas Beis Hashem. So the Rambam continues, and he says, "You have to listen to this Yisaid." Hasimcha sheyismach adam basias hamitzvah ubaavas hakel shetziva lebahen avayda gedaylahi. This simcha that a person has when doing a mitzvah and when loving Hashem—that's not a simple thing that anyone could do, any little kid could do. It's an avayda gedayla. That's the strong Russian the Rambam is using. It's an Avedah Gedalah. It's like what the, you know, when the Kaihanim are using, you know, all of their skills to do the Kemitzah and doing various Avedahs. That's an Avedah Rabbah. The Rambam is saying the Simcha that a person has is not simple at all. It's an Avedah Gedalah. It's a great Avedah. If you don't have this Simcha, you're going to get paid back. And the Rambam quotes a passage from the Teichacha. And then he says, If a person is in the Beis HaMikdash and he's doing the Simcha, he's engaged in Simcha, but it's a Gaivatika Simcha. It's a Simcha that everybody's thinking in his mind, what are people thinking about me right now? Are they going to like this cartwheel? They're going to think I'm great when I'm juggling. They're going to love when I, when I flip backwards. The people are all going to get excited about me and they're going to be, make me so popular. If you have that attitude, says the Rambam, he says, you're a chayte and you're a shayte. The alzeh, his here, shleim avam al tishadu if you're in front of the king. Don't be gaivedik in front of the, the melech. The melech is here. You're supposed to perform for him and for him alone, not for yourself. And if you lower yourself, instead of being a Balgaiba, you actually are machnia yourself. You're an Anav. You're not thinking about yourself. That's a Gadol. A Gadol is somebody that Bishah Simcha, and this is, I think, what the Rambam is being the Pharisee Halacha before. Why is it that only Rosh Hashivas and Gedalim could be the center spotlight of the Simcha? You know why? Because everybody else, there's a big problem with inviting them into this, as acrobatic as they may be, but we're in the Beis HaMikdash. We're Lefnei Hashem. They are going to go in. What's going to be going through their minds? They probably are going to have the Yitzhahara to show their stuff. Showing their stuff in front of the Malach is inappropriate. It's a chet and it's a shtus. 
the only way that you're supposed to be when you're in front of Hashem, the simcha, the avayda of simcha, and why it's so difficult is because it has to be a simcha without myself in it. It has to be a simcha of shiftless. It's a simcha of, wow, I'm standing in front of the melech. For me, that's the greatest, the greatest covet is for me being in front of the melech. And I'm mashful myself in front of the melech. That's the oived me'avo. I'm not serving myself, I'm serving the rabbi Yisrael, and that's me'avo. V'chein David melech Yisrael Omar. David HaMelech, it's in this week's Haftarah, and there's a reason that it's in this week's Haftarah. David HaMelech, when the Aaron was coming to Yerushalayim, we know the story, David HaMelech started dancing. He was leaping and jumping, and his wife, Micha Bashar, got very upset. And she said, how can you disgrace yourself? People are looking at you, commoners are paying attention, and you're the king. How could you act this way in a way that's unbecoming for a king? You have to act very pomp and very royal. You're jumping and leaping and doing acrobatics in front of the Aaron. What's going on with you? She got punished for this very badly. And David Amalek says to her, Halavai, I should do even things that make me more demeaning in front of the Rabbi Shalom. That would even be a greater thing for me to be more disgraced because the lower that I get, the greater it is for the Kvayt Shemayim. It's not about me, says David HaMelech, it's about the Rabbi Shalom. That's the lesson that we learn from the Haftar in this week's parasha, that the Simcha of Klal Yisrael in front of Hashem, when you're lifting Hashem, it's not about you. It's about the Rabbi Shalom. That's a lesson that we learn from our Zakanim. Only the Zakanim can teach us that. Because up to us, Ten times out of ten, when we're dancing and we're doing our stuff, we're doing it because we have ourself in mind. We're not really, really doing lishma. The Gedalim can do something, and it's completely for the Rebbe Nishlam. And that's the simcha that David Amalek describes. says the Rambam. There's no greater Gedula and Kavit but to be happy before Hashem Shenemar, as the Pasuk in the Atayrah says, HaMelech David, Mephazes, Umekarker, Umekarker of Hashem. David HaMelech was leaping and jumping in front of, in front of Hashem. That's Gedula. The definition of Gedula is not being very regal and, you know, with a, you know, with a big cape and, like, with a fur around it and standing there and watching like this, but to be Machnia yourself in front of the Rebbein Shalom, Besimcha, that's the ultimate Abayi. To be happy for Hashem, purely for Hashem, without myself involved. That's what we learned from the Zikanim. Only Zikanim could do that. The Simchat Beit HaShreva had to have only the supreme leaders of Kali Yisrael doing their stuff, their Simcha, their dancing, their juggling, because they were the ones that are able to be Mabaza themselves. And that's the Gedula and the Simcha that HaKadosh Baruch wants. If it's a Simcha that's impure, because we have our own Yitzhahara and Bab, we're not doing it completely Lishma. It might look like an active Simcha, but it's a superficial active Simcha. Simcha has to be pure for the Rebbe Nisham. When you're with Hashem, you have to have Hashem in mind. You have to be able to express yourself in any way possible, regardless of how demeaning it appears. But that's, that's a great Avaidah. The Avaidah of Simcha to be, forget about myself and to do it all for the Rabbi Nishan, that is the ultimate act of, of Simcha, and that's what our Gedailam teach us.
This is something that we see that was a concern for Meish Rabbeinu on the Shemini Lemiluim. The Sifra says that Amar Lam Meish Yisrael Meish Rabbeinu on this Yom HaShemini says to Klai Yisrael Oysa Yitzahara Haviru Milibchen V'tiyu Kochem V'yira Achas U'veitzahachas L'sharis of Ne'amakim Today the happiest day of Jewish history get rid of that Yitzahara from your heart what Yetzirah is he talking about? The way the Rav understands this Sifra is that there was a Yetzirah because Meish Rabbeinu told Klai Yisrael that you're going to see Hashem today. You're going to see Hashem. Hashem is going to be Matra Yashchina. And so there was a concern. Meish Rabbeinu saw that people were like really excited and he was afraid that the excitement was coming from Shalai Lishma. That they, even though a, that seems like a really high madrig of Shalai Lishma, but Shalai if they want to see the Rabbani Shalom. That seems to be a pretty good Lishma. But it was still Shalai Lishma. And Meish Rabbeinu says, get rid of that Yitzhara. There's no place for that today. We're standing with Nashem. You can't think about yourself and your personal interests. You have to do one thing and one thing only. And that's focus your attention on the Rabbani Shalom today. <coughs> the Sifra continues and says... Hashem is alone, he's singular in the world. Your Avaida has to be just for him, focused on him, not on you. Not on any personal interest, only on him. That's the Avaida today of standing with the Hashem. As it says, Umaltem es Arlas Lavaltem. And you have to see to it. That your Avaida is pure. That this day of happiness, the Simcha should be focused not on yourself at all. No Yetzar of me, but everything on the Rabbi Shalom. That is the Maila of Zakanim. That's why I believe that Moshe Rabbeinu called the Zakanim to teach us how Klai Yisrael behaves. B'Shah Simcha. A Simcha is not a Maisa of Hailalos. It's not a, it's not a place that everybody does crazy stuff. Because when you're doing crazy stuff, what you're thinking about is, wow, I'm acting really crazy. When you're doing things that are for the Rabbani Shalom, you're just completely giving yourself for the Rabbani Shalom. Everything is with the Hashem. The Simcha is a pure Simcha. There's no Yetzahara. You can't bring the Yetzahara into the Mishkan or into the Mikdash. And the only people that are trusted to have a Simcha Amiti like this, albeit an Avayda Gedayla, is the Rashi Shivas and the Sanhedrin and the Gedalim, the Anshe Maisa, because they are people that are able to understand that Simcha is not about me, it's about the Rabbi Nishon. Who is the Baal member of this Medrash? The Medrash that teaches us how fly yourself in order to soar, in order to have a time of simcha that we feel like we're flying, we need our gedolim there. Rabbi Akiva. Because Rabbi Akiva was a personality that understood how when you are standing before Hashem, the Aisher, the great fortune, the great simcha that that is, to be before Hashem. Ashrechem Yisrael, says Rabbi Akiva. At the end of Mesechah Siyuma, Amr Rabbi Akiva, Ashrechem Yisrael, you are so fortunate, Klai Yisrael. Lifnei miyate mitaharim. 
Who are you standing before? Who are you being mitar before you? And who is being mitar you, Hashem? There's a simcha, there's an oisha, ashrechem. You have to feel how lucky you are to be standing in front of Hashem. That's Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is showing us the way. Gedayim teach us this Yisrael of Ashrechem Yisrael. That when you're Lefnei Hashem, it has to be a completely all-encompassing experience of Simcha before Hashem, standing in front of Hashem. That's the greatest Gedula and cover that there is, to be happy when you're in the presence of the Shekhinah. And that's something that only Gedayim, when we become Gedayim, we could also do that properly. But until then, we need Gedayim to show the way. It's an amazing thing. I don't think in any other culture, could be wrong, but I think the only culture that you go to a, to a store and you have magazine racks and it's, you know, full of celebrities. Who are the celebrities? When you go to a, a Gaiisha newspaper stand, do you see anyone over the age of 45? Everyone is, you know, these young, you know, good-looking celebrities, rock stars, movie stars, singers, dancers, whatever they are. People that are, you know, old, it's like, you know, maybe once in a while the Academy Awards will give like a lifetime recognition award to some alpha after that, you know, that, you know, that. But it's all young people. You go to Havdil to Jewish stores, you buy a Jewish newspaper and you look, the whole, it's all Gedayim, it's all people over the age of 90. You know, Hasidish Rebbe is dancing in front of throngs of Hasidim by his daughter or great-granddaughter's Hasna. And, you know, a dais of Gedayim by the Siyam Ashas. And, you know, by making a, making Siyumim and making Hadron and making Bar Mitzvahs, making Chasinahs, uh, making Brisen, all Gedayim, Zikainim. Because to us, they are the ones that show how to do the Simcha. That's Simcha. Simcha is a Jewish form of Simcha, not a holistic, a rat, you know, radical, reckless type of Simcha. Simcha is... You see the Shekhinah on their face. They're happy because they're standing in front of Hashem. That's the Simcha that Klai Yisrael looks up to. That's the Simcha that Klai Yisrael is marinated in. We tell our children and our grandchildren, look at the G'daylem. Look at that Godel. Look at that Godel. And you see little kids taking pictures of who? Of the G'daylem. Because that's who we idolize, if you will. That's what we call to the front and look at them and see how they're reacting and acting at every single place and time. And they show us how to fly. They show us how a simcha is truly a simcha that we could soar on their wings. That's Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, If you're standing in front of Hashem, you have to feel the Aisher. And if you don't feel the Aisher, then it's not a real simcha. <coughs> Revolvi brings in one of his svarim, Revolvi, he's famous for the Alishur, but he has other smaller svarim. One of them is called Adam Biyakar. It's a small, hardcover, safer, I think I have it here. Adam Biyakar, it's, it's his biography about Rabbi Rucham, his Rabbi Rucham Lubavitch from the Mashkirch of the Mir. And he describes Simcha's Taira. He says like this, says a lot of Bali Musar, you know, the Musar world was very diverse. He says there are a lot of Bali Musar that were very against dancing and 
Because they were afraid that it might bring Hayalos. They were afraid like getting too excitable is like not good for your Yetzirah. He says, Rabbi Rucham never felt that way. And on Simchas Torah, he says, the belt, the whole yeshiva, the hundreds of Bachim in the mirror were dancing and dancing and dancing. And Rabbi Rucham would come up here on the Ahmad in front of Yaron HaKadosh. And he would make poems on the spot about how great Kla Yisrael is and how glorious the Torah is. And the Simcha on his face was palpable, says Revolvi. And he says that the chorus, you know, he would make up stanzas and after he was finished with making up the rhyme, then everybody would start singing Ashrechem Yisrael. I imagine it's the one that we use on Simcha Sarah. And they would get, and the Bachim would be circling around and around and spinning faster and faster, and they would stop, and then Rabbi Yeruchim would say another stanza in rhyme. And the Bachim would get so enthralled, and Rabbi Yeruchim was like, his face was glowing, and the Bachim were in like this other world. And in one of the stanzas, we have a few of these rhymes, but in one of them, Rabbi says, Rabbi Yeruchim says, I don't know what's more chashev to the Rabbeinu Shalom. Im Simchas or Yom Kippur. I don't know whether Hashem prefers us in Yom Kippur or Simchas Rabbi Rucham, like Rabbi Akiva, showed his yeshiva how you could soar through Simcha, through the concept of Ashrechem Yisrael with Nehmi. We're so fortunate. The Gedalim show us how fortunate we are, and we are with them. We come with them in the Simcha. We are swept away in the Simcha, but it has to be a Simcha of Kedusha. I want to be myself one other side onto this concept. You know, if you look a little bit later in the Pasha, the parasha doesn't have such a happy ending. Because on this great day, this Yom Shemini Lemiluim, which was the happiest day in the world, there was a tragedy that struck right in the middle of the ceremony, and that is that Nadav and Aviyu died. The two sons, two out of four of the sons of Aaron, Akayim, died tragically. Whatever their Avera was, the different Shmuz. But they died and this, of course, was a tremendous blow to the Simcha. If you can imagine, you know, Rahman Witzlan, sometimes you hear about a chasna, and at the chasna itself, you know, somebody dies. You can imagine how that would share the Simcha a little bit. It wouldn't exactly be the same chasna. And that's exactly what I hear. You had a huge, global, cosmic level chasna, and two of the biggest Bali Simcha, Nadav and Aviv, the Gedalim of Pai Yisrael, they died. And now all eyes turned and face Aaron Akayin. How is Aaron Akayin going to react? After all, this is a tremendous day. And Aaron Akayin, after listening to some words of Pius from Meshra Abena, words of appeasement, Vayida and Aaron, Aaron was stone silent. He didn't cry. And Rashi brings that as a reward for the fact that he didn't wreck the Simcha. He was Zaycha that the Shechina should speak to him directly. The parasha of Shesuya Yayin, the next parasha in the Torah, describes how Aaron was told directly by the Rabbi Nishayim, a very big schos, about Akaya not allowed to, not being allowed to drink wine. And I saw a Sefer called Surah Amar, 
that he says Vayitan Aaron doesn't merely mean that Aaron was just, you know, emotionless, because emotionless might be that inside he was crying. Just because your face is stone quiet, Vahidah means he was silent, but maybe inside he was crying bitter tears. But the fact that the Shekhinah was Medabarimah, and we know that the Shekhinah is not Shaira on a person who is Ba'atzvus, Lamitatzvus, Lamitatzvus, but rather only to have simch mitzvah, that's how we know what was going on inside of Aaron's heart. Inside of Aaron's heart, he was happy. This is what the Rebbeinah Shalom has decreed upon me, I'm going to be makabla to simcha. That's another madrega in the simcha that we see from Gedalim. Gedalim are even able to be happy in times that are tragic. They're able to find the good. They're able to find the upside. They're able to allow Klayasel to soar higher and not be brought down by the tragedy. I saw a great Vart that was, the Kutzker was visited by the son-in-law of the Radomsker. And he asked the son-in-law of the Radomsker, tell me a Vart that Yeshver said, that the Radomsker ever said. So he said, okay, I'll tell you a Vart. Says it says in this week's parish of Ayidam Aaron, and that's a very big Maila that Aaron was quiet. He says, but as great of a Maila as that is, we find that David Amalek was even greater than Aaron Akayim. And the Kutzke says, how do you see that? He says, because my Shver says that David Amalek says, Laman is Amerka Chabad, the Loyidim, Hashem Lekaila Ramadeka. David Amalek says, not only when things are good, but when things are bad, I'm not going to only be silent. I'm not going to be silent. Aaron was silent. He might have been happy inside, but Laman is So I'm not even going to be quiet and be happy inside. I'm going to sing. Laman is I'm not going to be quiet like Aaron. I'm going to sing loud and clear to the Rebbeinu Shalom. A song that never ends. That's David Amelach's Milo. The Milo of David Amelach was. David HaMelech had a tragic life. David HaMelech, he fought many wars, and he had he suffered personally, and he was not, you know, he didn't have great family relationships with his brothers, and everyone was out to kill him, his father, everybody, like, from all sides, David HaMelech was always under attack. Always. And yet, who wrote Sefer Tillim? David HaMelech. David HaMelech did not allow any tsarist to get him down. He sung even louder to the Rebbein Shalom. That's what a yid is supposed to do. A yid is supposed to be happy even when it's impossible to be happy. And that itself is what Rabbi Akiva teaches us. Because if we know anything about Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, who is this Balmemra, how you have to allow the wings to soar, even when things are tragic. Not only the good part of the Yem Shemini Lemiluah, but even when tragedy struck, and now everybody has to know, what do you do now? Every, every, every year wants to know, what do we do? Do we tear Kriya? Do we cry? Do we make a big hesped? And Aaron Akkayin says, no, 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 you're happy. There's no crying, it's Yem Shemini Lemiluah. We're standing with the Hashem, we have to uplift ourselves and get out of the mud. That's what we need Gedalim for. Rabbi Akiva teaches us this memory because this is Rabbi Akiva's memory of his life. 
Rabbi Akiva, when he heard the Romans coming to attack Yerushalayim, everyone was crying, he was laughing. After the Chorban Beis HaMikdash, when he saw the Chorban Beis HaMikdash and all of the Shualim, there were foxes and weasels running in and out, and all the Chachamim with him were crying, Rabbi Akiva was laughing. When Rabbi Akiva was about to be killed, and they were combing his flesh, the Masrekish al with iron combs. And he was saying, Kriyashma. The Gemara says that he was laughing. He was able to take any moment of tragedy and take his wings and be able to fly out of that tragedy and be able to make it a simcha because this is what the Rabbi Nisham wants from me. This is my tasklis and this is my tasket in life to be able to have wings to fly in times of simcha, and even in the times of tragedy also, to take our wings and fly out, but it's not meant to get us down. We have to go further and higher and soar, and that's what our Gedalim teaches Amr of Yakiva. Why is Klai Yisrael Nimshul to a knife? Because just like a knife only flies with its wings, Klai Yisrael always needs its Canaan. The Zikanim are the wings to get us out of tragedy and to get us into a higher level of simcha. At any single turn in the road, whether it's good times or bad, you always need Rabbanim and Gedalim to be able to lead the way and to show us how to live what the Ratzon Hashem is. Even when we think, well, we know better. We know how to dance. We know how to sing. We know how to do everything better than the old guys. No. Chai Yisrael needs Gedalim to fly to show us simcha in any circumstance. That was Rabbi Akiva's memory. That's where Rabbi Akiva lived. He's shown us, Ashrechem Yisrael, lifting me. When you're in front of Hashem, you have to be happy. And when things are tragic, you also have to be happy. You have to take those knafayim and always fly higher. During the war, during the Holocaust, it was tragic what was going on in Europe. But you can imagine what was going on in America and in places in Eretz Yisrael everywhere that there was not the Holocaust you can imagine for a second what was going on people had relatives that they haven't heard from they heard you know reports here and there about concentration camps and about you know mass executions and but they didn't know people had mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and children and Rabbeim and Talmidim that were that were in the inferno of Europe and they had no idea what was going on and they had no idea what to do. And here comes Simchas Torah. And, you know, what do you do in Simchas Torah? You're supposed to dance, you're supposed to sing, you're supposed to rejoice while people are being gassed in Europe. So on Simchas Torah, there was a tish by the Boston Rebbe. The Boston Rebbe, Repinchas David Horowitz, the friend of the And he was trying to make these, the people sitting around this tish happy on Simchas Torah, and he was singing joyous Yantiv songs, Ashrechem, Yisrael, and all the songs that we're used to, and he was trying to pump uh, and breathe a Ruachayim into these, into these tired, scared, nervous people. And people were getting into it, but suddenly there was a sad voice that emerged from the big crowd of people around the tish and said, Rebbe, how can we be here? How can we sing 
on Simchas Taira and dance and be happy while our Achena B'nai Yisrael who knows what's going to be of them? Who knows what's happening? We don't even know if we're if we're Ayinim, if we're Avelim. We don't know what's going on there. How are we sitting here and dancing and singing on Simchas Torah? So the Rebbe then by heart quoted the Rambam that we said earlier today. The Rambam says, if you remember... Says, the simcha that Akharish Barfu expects from us when we're doing a mitzvah and when we're loving him, it's a great avayda. It's a great avayda. It's a tremendous responsibility. It's, it's a very arduous task. And the Boston Rebbe says, What's the Rambam talking about? It's an avayda gedayla. You know, if you're learning a very difficult tesis, if you're building like a really heavy sukkah, that might be an avayda gedayla. If you're, I don't know, you're studying for a major, a major exam, that's an avayda gedayla. But simcha, the Ram says that the simcha that you have in front of Hashem is an avayda gedayla. What so? Everyone loves a simcha. Everybody's running. You know, you have a mesiba, you have a tish, you have a, everyone's running. What's the what's the big deal? Why is it not, why is it I'm calling it Avaida Gidaila? It's such a big deal, it's such a hard thing to do. It's an Avaida Gidaila. Zakta Rebbe says the Ramam is talking to us. He says sometimes in life simcha is a very big deal. Sometimes it's easy to be the simcha. When everything is going well in life, it's not a big deal to be the simcha. Everybody's doing it, it's kishmak, you go to a chasen, everybody's happy, it's not a big deal, it's kishmak. But sometimes, in life, it takes a lot of effort to be the simcha. It says, today, it's a big simcha. It's a big avayda, rather. It's a tremendous avayda, we don't know what's happening with all our relatives, all our brothers, all of our nation, we don't know what's going to be there. Millions of people are going on the akedah, and it's hard on simcha's turn to be the simcha. He says, but that's what the Rambam is saying, that it's, it's an Avaida Gedaila, but that's our Avaida. That doesn't patter us, that's us. When things are hard, we don't say, well, they're hard and we're not going to do it. We say it's hard, but that's what a Yid does. When the going gets tough, a Yid is able to somehow take his wings out and soar above all of the resistance that you may have in life. And when he said that, he concluded and he said, let's sing to Hashem. And the merit of the mitzvah of having simcha on the yantif should go to our loved ones in Europe and bring them life. And the singing resumed with great joy and passion and prayer. That's the insight I think that we learn from this week's parasha, from the medrash that starts off with Rabbi Akiva's vart about why the Zakanim were invited. The Zakanim were invited because the Zakanim are our wings. The Zakanim teach us right from wrong at a simcha and at a tragedy, whatever it is, they teach us how to soar. We need Gedalim in any event in life. Gedalim, Klai Yisrael are led by them not just when we think we need them, but we're, we're good when we don't need them. 
We need them in, even in the times when we think we know how to do it better than them. That's the times so that we have to be able to observe them and take in, drink up the lessons of the G'daylam. And when I was younger, I remember that there were guys in Chaim Berlin, which is one of the yeshivas that I went to, and Rav Aaron Schechter, you know, has a, has a wonderful habit of when he comes to a chasna, he stays in the middle, like for not the whole dance, he's dancing in the middle. I don't know, you know, maybe he's gotten a little older, maybe he doesn't do it as much, but he mamish would stand there and dance with a chasna the entire time, the entire first dance. And some guys like, you know, okay, thank you, Rashiva, now, you know, now let the Bachim come in. Or the Bachim were ready to crash the circle as soon as he, like, you know, even slightly stops. And then as I got older, you know, I got to appreciate more and more the ability to see an Adam Gadol dancing with a, with a, with a grace and with his simcha. It's a completely different dance. The Bakram dancing are wonderful also, don't get me wrong, and it's important for Bakram to go be the Sameach HaKhasan in any way that they can. But when we look at Gedailim, and we see them happy, and we see them dancing, don't just, um, you know, drink it up. I have a picture at home, whoever is, everyone's invited to my house tomorrow, Mitzvah Hashem, for Shal Shudas. We're going to have a very big Shal Shudas tonight, and I know the... The new guys are going to Passaic and they're going to have a wonderful Shabbos there. But whoever is here, whether you're married or single, please come to my house. I don't know where we're going to fit you, but we'll find room. And we're not using the Purim room today, so. Um, but I'll show you a picture if you remind me of Rabbutner dancing in the middle by a chasna. And it was just like you see like a hundred guys just looking at him, just doing nothing. Rabbutner looks like he's mamish, like. You know, the king of the world. And the, it's just such a great picture, just like a snapshot of this shmuz. How you see a gadol at the, at the heights of simcha, of ecstasy, in a, in a ruchtiistic way. And how everybody stands around and just stares and looks and observes and drinks it up. That's the lesson of our, of our shmuz today. How we have to appreciate the Canaan. This Canaan might be our grandfathers also. When you get married and you have your grandfather, don't rush him out of the middle and say, all right, Zayda, you know, I really want my friends to... Just keep him in there as long as you can. Keep your abeim in the middle as long as you can. Let everybody see what it looks like, what a yid from Europe before the war looks like dancing. Let people see what a Rosh Hashiva looks like when he's dancing. That's the simcha. That's the truest form of simcha. That's what's going to elevate the simcha on the wings of those Gedalim. After the Kadul and the grandfather leaves the middle, then you could dance and you'll be inspired or you'll be uplifted and the dance will be that much higher. That's one side of the Shmuz. And the other side is very Nagaya to all of us that sometimes things are good and sometimes things are bad. But in life we have to always take out our wings and fly. Whether things are good, we have to be happier because we're Lufnei Hashem, we're in Yeshiva. What could be a more Lufnei Hashem than us, standing in the presence of the Rebbein Hashem in the Torah Akadashah's room every single day? You know how lucky we are? You know how there are Balabatim out there that would die, literally almost, to be in our situation, to be able to sit and learn Torah Akadashah for hours on end, being completely immersed in the Sugyas of Abayin Rava. 
These are amazing opportunities, but we have to appreciate when we're lifting Hashem, Yashrechem, how fortunate we are. We're mamish on the Yem Shmi and we're standing in front of Hashem in the Makam HaMikdash, and we have the ability to be happy. We have to be happy. We have to be happy when things are good. But a lot of us, and I'm looking around the room, and I see a lot of people, and I know that some people have challenges, whatever they may be, and they, those challenges very often allow us to get down. And we learn today that from Aaron Akain by Yidim Aaron, even when things are bad, we have to try to be macabalit as a message from the Rebbein Shalom and take out our wings and soar higher and say, the Rebbein Shalom wants me to be happy now. Why he did this, I don't know. It should be a kapara, but I have to do my avayid, I have to be happy. Laman is a miracle I'm not only going to be silent, take it like a man, I'm going to sing. I'm going to learn harder, I'm going to dive in better. I'm going to dance mortgage-nap. Because HaKadosh Baruch is in front of me. And HaKadosh Baruch expects me to be a gadol. Expects, expects me to soar higher in any situation. To get ourselves out of the low levels of shiftless. Out of the Yisaita Afar. And to take, like the Rebchaim Bital says, take our wings and be able to soar higher. That's what Aaron Akayin did. That's what David Amalek did. That's what Rabbi Akiva did. That's what the Boston Rebbe did. And that's what the mission of each and every one of us is as well. To find the message of Shmini Lemeluim, the happiness and the sadness. And whether things are good or bad, Kashem Shemavarchem, Alatayv, Kach Lavarchem, Alarah, have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos.